why isn't it why isn't it fucking recording fuck's sake fucking oh it's oh the following podcast contains very strong language <laughs> sorry and themes that some people may find offensive don't say i didn't warn you enjoy <laughs> Hello and welcome to That Was The Week That Was, Was It? The podcast that just wants to be your friend. Joining me for this episode is Emmy Weber. Hello, Emmy. Hello. And how are you? Uh, I'm okay, I'm good. Good? Yeah. I don't know why I keep asking you that. We live together, I should know, but you know. Yeah. Just don't, we don't talk, do we? Um, okay, joining us for this episode is the incredible stand-up comedian Scott Capuro. How are you, Scott? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you so much, so much, so much. You're actually the third alien from the pod race scene in Star Wars Phantom Menace that we've had on this podcast. How do you feel about that? Wow, you really, you've got an alien fetish. What other aliens have you <laughs> acquired? Well, we've had uh, your other head, and we've had Sebulba. Oh, that's a big one. They're the two. Yes, we've had both of those. Sebulba. Yeah. 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 Nice guy. Yeah. yeah. I bet. He's good. So um, the reason we've got you on this podcast is to ask you how your week was. Um, uh-huh. So just as an overview, was it a good week? It was all right. I mean, um, I flew in from California last Wednesday. Mm. So it's been a bit crazy around here because we had um, some Airbnb guests staying. Oh, okay. And my husband and I, have we have a second bedroom, which we lock everything into everything that we care about, which is not much, but you know, things that we don't want broken and everything we left out was broken. Oh, everything. I mean, they, you guys look, they broke the sofa. They broke this. Now maybe that means they're having more fun than we were, but they broke the fucking sofa, smashed it. And they, how do you break a garlic press or a wine bottle opener or, the ceiling light in the bathroom, or how do you? What else? We had to, oh, we went to John Lewis, and we were just like, oh, oh yeah, that needs to be replaced. That, 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 uh, every, everything, everything. I mean, they. I don't know. I had a converter on the lamp in the UK, which I brought here from California. Really nice little lamp. Yeah. He burned the converter. My husband didn't know, so when he went to plug the lamp in, it, the apartment almost blew up. Oh, so we lost that lamp as well. It's just, it's been. It's be, it's very debilitating. I mean, I know that we you know we put the, we, we take the risk. I understand that, and I've reduced my notes as extensive as they were because we had people saying, "You leave too many notes." But this is why you fucking tards. This is why because you broke a fucking garlic press, you asshole. That's why I leave notes. They we have a a, a lead sort of metal old um, mantelpiece in our bedroom. No fireplace, just the mantle. They set hot drinks on the top of it. Now, no. Um, no. So I'm going to have to leave a note about that. I don't want to, but I'm going to have to. How long were they there for? Uh, we were away for quite a while, for five months. Oh. Okay. Even so, that's a lot to break. But still, it's like, if, you, if we stay somewhere, if we break something, we tell the people that own it. Yeah. Just tell them. Yeah. Oh, anyway... Well, so, I mean, as long as there's a good story behind it as well. I mean, the, the garlic press, I can, I mean, God knows. How, Might be a good one. How? Yeah. yeah that's, that I is know. also how? so many things to break. And, like, I'm trying to think, what have I broken in the I last know. five months? And so we're renting, so we're not, this isn't our place, so like, nothing, nothing. 
How about the hook in the wall that hangs the coats? Somehow they, that thing was drilled in. They yanked that fucker what? out. I don't know how heavy their coats were. Unbelievable. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. So yes, we've needed that. That's fine. And then, um, uh, you know, it's been good. I've been doing a bunch of TV since I've been back already. And then. Had a couple of nice swims, and uh, my husband and I banged yesterday morning. That was nice. He made a good meal tonight. So, you know, it's all right. Well, let's break Whatever. it down. Let's break it down. I want to know which day the banging was. Um, was yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, okay. That's yesterday. Fine. yesterday um, so, that's covered. Monday. How was Monday? Last Monday was great. I had a 9 a.m. yoga class and a swim after, and then we sat in, at Gay Coffee in the Castro District in San Francisco and watched the naked guys walk by. All the naked guys, they, they just they come out on Mondays. I don't know why. They're, they're all there. And they wear little cock socks on their cocks, <laughs> little uh, like gold lame cock socks, as if, as if you need to know where their cock is. But it's like, hello, it's right here. And then an African-American fellow joined. We'd never seen him before, the African-American naked guy. Hmm. And he had like a, you know, a, a cock tube sock. He kind of put them to shame. But anyway, he was there with them, hanging out. That was great. Coffee. It's a bit early for it, 11.30, but whatever. Yeah, Bring it on in San Francisco. I was about to ask what makes it gay coffee, but I think you've answered that. Yeah. Um, well, it's <laughs> called a Spikes, but we go there because they have outdoor seating, and a lot of people bring their dogs. We're real dog people. And it's just mm. it, everyone's either gay or on the verge or has been. So it's gay coffee. Yeah. And then with the naked guys, you know, what are you going to do? So where are the naked guys going? Are they going for coffee or are they just going past? They get coffee or they pose with tourists or they walk up and down the Castro. They're, I mean, honestly, it's been a tradition for decades, but they're honestly making a point. Part of what I think they're responding to is the fact that that part of San Francisco, like so much of San Francisco, which is the most expensive city in America to live in, so arguably the most expensive city in the world to live in now, ridiculously so, um, has become... Uh, to coin a phrase, gentrified. And whatever community was there before, what you might identify with the caster, which is sort of a, a, a slightly alternative, left-leaning LGBT community and friends, has moved on. And what's taken their place are families and concerned young parents who don't want their kids seeing nudity. <laughs> they've written letters to their supervisors, and they've tried to get the naked guys off the streets. And in San Francisco fashion, the naked guys are like, well, you can arrest us, but that's just going to put me putting me with my cock sock in a cell with a slightly anxious drug dealer. So up to you. What, what do you want to create? So most of the public supports the naked guys. I think the um, self-identified heterosexual parents have shut their mouths for a change and we're all moving forward. Although the city continues to gentrify and there's nothing. And I don't just mean in terms of it's mostly about, it's not even about background, it's about income, really. And the Bay Area is producing now the most wealth than any single place in the history of the world. Wow. So that means that there's a lot of, well, like London, a lot of very wealthy people living in close contact, and space is limited there. The city's only seven miles wide and seven miles deep. That's it. That's all the, that's all the land there is. And the Bay Area extends a bit, but it's all incredibly concentrated, and people scramble for property and they they're desperate to live in an urban area there so maritime before they take over alcatraz and try and convert that into some swanky it's funny you say that that is that's on that's in the cards yeah. actually treasure island which is the sister of alcatraz where the bay bridge crosses over that's been turned into luxury flats as well so all of it's i mean facebook amazon 
Twitter, they're all there. They're all within seven or eight square miles of one another, all of them. And, you, you know, all the, yeah, it's all happening very quickly. You just need to convert Alcatraz into a big nightclub. That's what I think. I'm sure it'll happen. Yeah, it'd be great. I'm sure. Just, I'd like yeah. to see it before that happens, though. Would you? Yeah, yeah I want to visit Alcatraz as is. Yeah, before yeah that it's happens. a great tour. It's really fun. I took my husband twice, actually. And it's, uh, it's really creepy. And it's a beautiful view of the bay. You don't get anywhere, any from anywhere else. You know, it's great. Mm. Just to, to rub it into all the people that were there. Like, look at that. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> that sounds great. Have you um, yeah. ever worn a tube sock yourself? <laughs> Not where the naked guys wear them. But I have... When, but when I was younger, I did have a sock I jacked off into, if that's what you're asking. Mm. And I left it under my bed because my sister always went scouting, you know, scounging around my room looking for things. Yeah. And she found that one time and then she held it up and tried to humiliate me. But my feeling was like, I don't know, my, my semen's in your hand right now. So I think you're the one who's... Well, Monday sounded, um, yeah. That sounds nice. S- sounds great. Just <laughs> coffee and right. cocks is, you know, all you need, coffee isn't it, really? Cocks. Coffee and cocks. Um, Tuesday, then, we're going to move on. Um, what was that about? Uh, we were packing and getting ready to come on this trip because we, we have a flat in San Francisco. With the, and when we leave it, we try to leave it as neat as possible. So that's a lot of work. And then, um, yes, there was that. I'm, there, I'm, I'm, I'm editing out some personal things. Uh, Everything's going fine in my marriage. And then um, it's all fine. And then uh, it's really, really good. And then, um, yeah. And then Wednesday, I can tell you, we got on a plane and flew to Heathrow. And that was uneventful. We were surprised. I mean, we did get tested for COVID. Neither of us had it, fortunately. But BA didn't ask and they weren't concerned. They didn't want to know. Uh, They just want to make sure you have the test on the other side so Boris can get his cut. And uh, we did. And we flew. very quick, well, 11 hours, but on time. And my husband ate all the food offered him and mine. He ate all the food, all the snacks, all of them. And I watched this horribly creepy film with um, Denzel Washington playing a cop in L.A., helping out a friend of his who was a cop, that guy who just won an Academy Award, I think, to play Freddie Mercury. Oh, oh yes, actor. yep. Rami Malek. Yeah. That hot little one with the big mm. eyes. And in it, they both... Uh, unjustly killed an innocent person as cops, and they're both let off. Oh, so it's a film about that's, about vigil, vigilante that justice. That sounds incredibly far-fetched. Yeah, that doesn't sound like something that would happen. Terrible. Yeah. Two and a half hours long. Films are so long. Yeah. So long. Well, it needs and, to be um, on a flight like that. But I mean, I, I've been concerned because um, we were going to go to uh, California um, next, month. next month, but we've had to cancel it. Um, but we were going to go. Why? Um, just timing it, it was coming around too quickly and unforeseen payments and things like that and then and that was when like the covid tests were ridiculous that you have to have a certain amount of time before you come back and we just couldn't oh, take right. the risk at that point and yeah. i thought well we'll just postpone it so yeah then um, yeah so ba and so at least still have our money we just have to use it at a later date yeah. so but that, that was my concern it's a long flight and I've pretty much seen all the films that they're showing at the minute. No, nothing new has been released. And I was wondering, how am I going to fill the time? You're going to have to know. Can you get your hands on any uh, sleeping pills, anything? Because I oh, well. took a few and I was asleep for like eight hours. It, it, it's an option. I, I like sleeping on yeah, a yeah. flight. That's yeah. I try really to do good. That. Never been able to do it, though. Never been able to sleep on a flight. So oh, really? Some, yeah. I, 
most fly most times we've flown uh, flown back from America has always been overnight, and um, Emily's sleeping next to me, but I am just you know wide awake watching mm. watching the most. Films I would never watch. I'm watching there. I, I watched uh, Saving Mr. Banks. I remember that in a like a delirium oh, watching that film, thinking it was really good. I really enjoyed it, but I was just feeling awful. <laughs> what do you do with the kids to and download films on your phone? Um, oh no, no, no! It takes too much time and no, preparation, and no, no can't be bothered. No. And no. when I get to the airport, right. my phone will need charging, and I'll get really depressed. Buy melatonin in the U.S. You can buy it anywhere. They you can't get it here, but you can buy it at Trader Joe's there, and that's what I take, and it completely works. Really, okay. over the counter, four dollars. Get a whole bottle, pop two of them, you're fine. Oh, yeah. That's almost like time traveling, isn't it? It's like a portal almost. I like it because like a long flight is so uncomfortable, and it's just nice to spend the majority of it asleep. So you just say, oh, I only got two hours. Yeah. Did he eat your food because you was asleep? Oh yeah, sleep. Right. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'd at least want my dessert. Yeah, we just saved the dessert. <laughs> <laughs> if you skip the food, you'll sleep better. Yeah, yeah. And mm. I, I, I mean, I don't. Obviously, obviously, you didn't travel economy. Um, Scott, I did. You did. Oh, Scott, what happened? We were going to go premium economy, but then the plane was so empty, we wanted a full row. Oh. And we saw there were only full rows in economy. Nice. So we went economy. That's fair enough. But I was just thinking, yeah. when you eat on a, on a cramped flight as well, uh, you, I never enjoy it fully. And I just eat. Uh. I don't know. But I'm big as well, so I'm very much aware of encroaching on anyone else's space. Mm. Um, so if I could grab a whole row, that's great. Because although I'm wide, I'm short. So I can kind of squeeze and lay down across yeah, like three seats, which is quite good. And I'll, I'll sleep that Funny way. Funny on the BA, though, they've made those little armrests so you can't push them all the way up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a slight bit of torture all the way. Yes. That's all they want yeah. you to feel. Yeah. Yep. Mm. But yeah. And then we arrived here Thursday, and that was all right. And then um, we found our place broken. Everything broken. Yeesh. Broken. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, since then, you know, sex, swimming. Yep, bit of yoga, a couple of TV shows, and here we are. TV shows, what have you been doing? Oh, there's a show, uh, it's, it's on GB News, uh, go ahead and call me a fascist if you like. It's on GB News, I'm not a fascist, but anyway, on Twitter apparently I am, because people get really angry. You've got to get anyway, the work where you can. You've got to get the work where you can. Uh, hello, yeah, it's TV. It's, I, my, I tell them, if Fox News offered me a job, would you be angry? Because, hi, Murdoch's. But anyway, so, it's uh, not that they're the same, but... It, um, it's a show called Headliners, and it's uh, on 11 o'clock. It's hosted by um, a comic, and they have two comics on to go through the papers for an hour. And we make fun of both sensitive and slightly less sensitive subject matter for f- 54 minutes. It's great. You should watch it. Really fun. It's great. And I, I've been on with Leo Kurz twice, who's fantastic. And, um, yeah, Simon Evans hosted it last night. He's great. And uh, Mark hosted two nice schools. They're all good, funny people, and we just joke, sit around, and laugh for an yeah. hour. I'm having a good time. Nice. That's it. And it's a yeah. job. That is it. It's a job, definitely. That's to be. Yeah. So, how long are you in the UK for? Um, until June, Ooh. I think. We're going to Russia in a few weeks for a week. Ooh. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, me neither. Neither, neither did Russia, I imagine. <laughs> um, it's funny that. The gig in Russia is, um, 
I kind of leapt at it because this guy's asked me to come before, but I didn't really want to go in February. But he said, well, you should come now because this is the last one. The government's cracking down on comedy shows. So oh, wow. That's one they can do. Yeah. Jeez. Can you imagine that happening here? Oh, Jesus. No. Hilarious. No. Yeah. That's all we've got. Yeah. All we've that's got all here we is have comedy. Left. Well, D- dark yeah. and whatever. If they managed to get rid of BBC. That's a whole load. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want that to happen. We don't want that to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But so, uh, so the Russian gig—is it just the one? I think it's St. Petersburg one night, and then two shows in Moscow. I think oh, okay. is how it's going to work. Okay. Yeah. Ah, I, I didn't. Fun. I didn't know you had a, a big following in Russia. Nor did I. But the guy who books the shows likes what I do, and has been. Tr- we chatted a couple times online. Never really seemed to work out, and it's a bit of a kerfuffle getting there. You have to get a you have to get an invitation from the Russian government oh, to wow. come over. Yes, wow. So you have to apply for that, and then apply for a tourist visa. But I'm going to do all of it tomorrow, and hopefully it'll work out. Quite expensive as a flight too. I just want to go and make fun of, you know, Putin for yeah. 45 minutes. Don't get arrested you know. or anything. <laughs> Or do and sell out. I don't (laughs) mind the idea of being in one of those little glass boxes they put the naughty people in. You see them on on BBC News when someone's been arrested in Russia. They put them in sort of a high box with glass walls and two hot police in gray suits behind them. I'm like, that looks like fun. And then (laughs) there's these thousands (laughs) and and many, many more protesters supporting you outside outside the the courts than I ever attracted the Edinburgh Fringe. So I'm thinking maybe... (laughs) Maybe make the wrong joke. I've written one. Tell me what you think. Mm. Um, I'm dying to tell this. Uh, I voted for Trump, but I'm not like Trump. People always say that. They think, oh, Trump supporters are just like him. I'm different. I mean, if I were going to rim Putin, I'd want to take him to dinner first. (laughs) Just so I can know what he's eating. Because, you know, it's all about my health. But other than that, (laughs) we're not the... So, yeah, I'm going to talk about Putin being queer. Because being Uh, gay is so outlawed in the UK. I just want to go on. And on about filthy, gay, bumming jokes for 45 minutes with Putin involved. If only there, <laughs> if only there was an image of Putin where he looked gay. Only <laughs> there was one. find some. <laughs> well, every, every, every image of himself that he releases to the media. <laughs> I, I, I instantly thinking of the topless one on, ho- on the horse. Uh, that's, that's, it, that's, the, that's the... Everything. That's the gayest one, isn't it? <laughs> Jeez. Well, yeah, I, it'd be nice that, um, you know, your show... Will probably be the last comedy show they have, maybe. Uh, I know. Just go down well, not, in flames. Not <laughs> it's like after when I played India. After I left, they put homosexuality back on the books as being illegal. But <laughs> the, I look. I, I'm not saying that was my responsibility. It's a bit of a coincidence, I a grinder. But that was just for material, you know. I, I, I don't know. Maybe. How'd you go down in India? Not literally. I mean, how? Yeah. You know yeah, I, mean? I get it. You know. Yeah, I mean? yeah. Um, as often as I could. No, I really enjoyed it. And um, it's interesting, you know, when you go on Grinder there or whatever, all the locals who are totally gay friendly and find like you're going to get arrested for that because that's all fake. They're watching you through oh. that. I'm like, they don't care about me. And if they were watching me, I'd give them a show. They're not <laughs> watching me. Through. As in Dubai and Abu Dhabi and Doha, they weren't watching me there either. Nobody mm. cares. Nobody cares. For one thing, the Middle East, not including India, although it is, is the gayest of all gay in gay world. I mean, I grew, I grew up in what I thought was a gay world in San Francisco, but you go to Dubai or Doha, and they trot up to you on a camel and offer you a ride. They are, they address you. I'm like, leave something on, I'll catch cold. Are you checking my tan line? The, the men cannot keep their paws off of one another. It's outrageous. We went to a club, 
they took the comics out. Every, okay, for one thing, you have access to everything in the Middle East if you have money. Everything. Mm. Everything. So we went to a club, and it was lined with very tall, Amazonian, beautiful women, mostly blonde, mostly German, mostly imported, obviously. <laughs> and I said to the guy who brought, well, the two guys who brought us the comics there, why are these women here? Oh, they're, they're just window dressing. We need them here. So our wives don't suspect us. Your wives don't suspect you. And then they take each other in the, in the separate urinals and do coke together and blow each other. Wow. And then they come back to the table and laugh about it. And who wants a blowjob? Who wants some cocaine? Who wants to blow me? What? But, the, <laughs> but it's a completely patriarchal culture where the men get full run of whatever they want. All they have to do is get married and have kids. Once they do that... And they don't label themselves in any particular way, in any political term like homosexual or gay. Then, you know, the sky's the sky is literally fucking the limit. Wow. I I was shocked and surprised by their behavior. Me by their behavior. What about for the lesbians? Is are they catered to, or is that a bit more tricky for them? Yeah, it's it's out of my realm. I think <laughs> probably. Um. Um. I, maybe they're like the Victorians and don't think lesbians, lesbians exist, and so right. they've not outlawed it. I don't know. But uh, I didn't get a strong sense. Only be, to be honest with you, there was one quote-unquote gay club in Dubai um, that a comic took me to who's not gay, but he goes there because the bartenders give him free booze, and he likes the music. Mm. We went there, and I didn't see any gay or lesbian activity there at all. No. And um, I didn't meet. I met some gay women at the events, at the comedy shows. They were proud and out and mm -hmm. beautifully dressed, holding hands. It, it didn't seem to be a problem. We were also indoors in a hotel in a banquet room. And as long as you keep any affection or and heterosexual or otherwise mm -hmm. indoors, it's fine. I really, my impression was that the government doesn't want it trouble. Yeah. They want it to seem like an op as open as open a tourist destination as possible. That was the feeling I got while I was there, both times. So, you know, you want some muff? There's muff. Just keep in your hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> How long are you there for? Oh, I'll be there for about a week, only a week. Okay, that's long enough, I think. I think Phil Nickel is doing March, and that's the last That's the last show. That is the last show. No, one. you know, nothing's going to happen. Everyone's always afraid of, oh, it's going to happen. Nothing, no, you know what? Nothing happens. When I played South Africa, I missed the first night because I was on tour, of a three-week run at a festival. So I didn't get the speech by the self-hating, closeted, terrified, blonde producer of that show. Mm -hmm. But apparently the speech included, but wasn't limited to, don't talk about religion. So when I closed the show, when I arrived, I went to close it, and I, you know, I opened with, you know, <laughs> you know, what you would imagine I might open with. Yeah. And um, I'm sure I said something like, I don't Something about Muhammad, I thought. Oh. I mean, obviously, obviously. I'm sure I did, but in jest. And by the way, it would have been something like Muhammad would have come. But the room was full of, uh, you know, Muslims. And so you can't ignore them. That's offensive. Yeah. They paid to get in. Why shouldn't they be part of the show? By the way, they fucking loved it. I didn't get punished by them. When I came off stage, the producer's apoplectic. You know, mm. didn't you hear the speech? No, I wasn't here. Well, you can't do that. I'm like, okay, fine. But once you tell a comic that, it's all they're thinking about. So the next night, I'm like, okay, don't talk about the Quran. Don't mention Muslim people. Don't mention the troubles. Well, the Quran, what a con. I mean, you can't, yeah. it's impossible to not do it. 
And then I started talking about, you know, the trans community there has been quite vocal for much, much longer than here, mm. for quite a long time. And um, um, within the indigenous people's population, there's quite um, a thriving trans community. And that those people would show up at the shows in couples and groups. And so we were in we this trippy um, BMW showroom. So strange the where they put the gay and lesbian show so weird, and so they're in there. And so I'm making jokes about them, and and the guy, the prime minister, the, the, or the guy who's about to become prime minister or president, whatever, mm-hmm. had Jacob Zuma had famously as a politician um, raped an HIV/AIDS activist who's also HIV positive. Wow! And she was also a friend of his family's. And when he went to court for rape, he he defended himself by saying, "Well, I'm all right. I washed myself in beetroot afterwards." <laughs> What the- right, because the myth in South Africa was the way to purge HIV from yourself if you've been exposed is beetroot. Now that aside, mm. as someone having a his own safety was his concern, and he got off, by the way, twice. Yeah, and um, and being made then became president of South Africa. Wow. Anyway, I brought that up in my set again and again and again relentlessly until it was painful for them and me but i couldn't help it Mm -hmm. and they tried to move me my set they couldn't fire me because they couldn't afford to but they tried to move my set from closing to the somewhere else Mm -hmm. and the other comics to their benefit were like you can't for one thing none of us want to follow him he's (laughs) he's you know caution but also he's he's got to close i mean that's what this is so and again, nothing, nothing, nothing bad happened. No. But they couldn't fire me because I'm in the, all the reviews. Yeah. It's like you have to include me in the, So, nothing, the only people who are worried are the people whose jobs are at stake. But then don't bring me there. Watch me on Zoom. Read my media. I don't care what you. Do. I don't. I don't give a shit about your fucking festival. I'm only here for vacation. I don't care about your politics or your job <laughs> or your closeted fucking boyfriend you drive off with in your. In your fucking, you know, limo every night. You are not my problem. Mm. The, 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 what's, what I'm here for is about my relationship with the audience, which is very intimate and important to me and them. And they get the full show they've paid for. So you back the fuck off or fire me, but don't tell me what I can and can't include in my set uh, once you've flown me all the way here. Yeah. And I don't, I don't, I'm not grand or I'm an old hippie, but I'm not, I'm not. I don't. I just want the show to go well. I just want people to enjoy themselves. You know, mm, that's all. Mm. That's all that should happen. Yeah. So no, that's good. I mean, I'm... that's all that will happen in Russia. That's why I say all that because really, what will happen is I'll hopefully make a room full of people laugh for three shows. Yeah. And then nothing. Yeah. Will yeah. Nobody cares about a fifty-nine-year-old queer from San Francisco. Oh, he talked about blowjobs. Wow. Seriously, he did. My God. Right. Alert the alert the police. That, yeah. You mean an old gay from, from California talked about bumming on stage? Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Jesus. Hide the Bibles. I mean, of course I, I do. Mean, I mean, you, if I don't, that would be weird. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> all, you, all you're doing is talking about it. You're not doing it on yes. stage. They're just, well, not I have, but they're oh, just yeah, ideas. Yeah. I know you opened for us that time in the little show, I remember. Um, I, cardigan, I, I pissed on someone's cardigan once in, in Edinburgh, but I mean, that was, <laughs> it was a late night. I was drunk. But no, I don't. Of course, you're right. They're just ideas. They're not going to hurt anybody. No. You know, they're just, yeah. They're setups yeah. and punchlines. It's, it's all fiction, Bullshit. isn't it? It's all fiction. Mm. Come on. Yeah. That's your defense. <laughs> one, one question, though. Um, is it fresh beetroot or pickled? He made it sound as though it was beetroot, the juice of beetroot. Oh. So fr- I, would, I would think, yeah. You dip it in. Yeah. Could, it would be interesting to, it's, it's all in the, I'm sure it's still in the, in the press. It's quite shocking when it all happened. Yeah. 
quite depressing for, for the LGBT community too, because HIV rate in South Africa at the time and perhaps still was so incredibly high mm. and the communities were being gay and heterosexual were being, were being devastated by it. Mm-hmm. So his response and the fact that he was, you know, shown innocent was That's really horrible. horribly painful. Yeah. And I thought the only place you could really talk about it. And also the fact that two actors who were lovers had been, had been kidnapped while leaving a dinner party and hogtied, tortured, and, and then murdered, left on the side of a freeway. That happened while I was there. It's quite a big case. And the only person or per- people who can talk about these things in a public forum, I would think, is a comedian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it's our job to sort of make sense of it so people can somehow deal with it, which was, I think, so hard for so many people why the clubs are closed during the COVID thing. Because, and why comedy kind of flourished on Zoom. Because I think people... They go to live performance hoping for some sort of solution or explanation mm-hmm. of what's happening around them. Yeah. You know, or some common experience that they can turn it into something they can enjoy. Yeah. Because everything for the last two years has been so fucking grim, you know? It has. Yeah. We all know everything's shit. It'd just be nice for someone to be like, everything is shit, but this is quite funny about it. Like, oh, thank <laughs> yeah. you. Thank yeah, you. Exactly. That's helped me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How have you found the right. Zoom gigs? Uh, they, they almost killed me and I stopped doing them a while ago. Mm. And Zoom yoga, I almost died. I literally almost died. I can't, I can't, um, my, my, my entire body inflamed. I couldn't sleep for about four months. I couldn't, I couldn't defecate for quite a while. Um, I was bloated like, like a dolphin. I looked like a dolphin. My whole face, my neck expanded. I went to the doctor. I thought I was dying. I couldn't, I'm allergic to Zoom. I'm, I'm this is a big thing for me to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming I'll be in bed for three days. I can't. I can't do it. I can't have, I can't have personal contact with someone on, on camera. It's just, it's too surreal for me. Yeah. It's too futuristic. I'm too, I'm, I'm too much an old man in, in the Simpsons waving my fist to the moon. Where are the kids? Why are they in the house? They should be out playing. I think this is, I think this is dangerous. Yeah. I, I don't know who's watching me. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's horrifying to me. Yeah. It's, it's my nightmare. It's any, anyone, any thinking person's nightmare is happening right now between the three of us, I think. But what do you got? What are you going to do? No. That's it. Well, I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you. I will you. say that. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's very nice to see you. Um, it's um, yeah, the, the worst thing about Zoom I've found is when you've got a delay. Um, that even makes, because it's already an, an, an alien sort of concept to talk to someone over the video mm. like this and do it. But when there's a delay, oh, my God, it is terrible. the worst. Yeah. It is the worst. Yeah. I mean, take, you see those old, like, news reports where there's a delay when they're talking to someone in the field but when you're trying to have a one-to-one conversation with someone for a podcast is a it wrecks the flow it really do if you want evidence of that listen to the greg proops episode (laughs) bless him friday did anything particular happen on friday um friday uh well we were here we had dinner my husband grilled some chicken. Okay, that's good. Oh, I know. We went for a walk in our hood and found a gorgeous new organic shop on Brick Lane. We've been waiting for quite some time because I've gone, I've altered my diet. I won't bore you bore you with the details, but <laughs> I only eat some kinds of food now. Oh, we've had a few of them as guests. 
while we were away last year, we came back and a tiny sliver of an organic shop had opened around the corner. And I live near Shoreditch, so you'd think there'd be a plethora, but there aren't. Because one thing young people are, millennials, are fucking cheap. And also, they won't cook. So they order all their shit food in. They have a McDonald's app. But I can't eat that shit. So this tiny organic was like an oasis. Oh, God. I ordered all my creepy Indian powders that make my concoctions in the morning, all my jetamansi powder and all my ground mushroom. It's a long story. But anyway, my husband thinks I'm a witch or warlock. So, yes, that opened. But he's limited. And then we found this one on Brick Lane on Friday, much larger, oh, incredible produce. And then we found another one. It's gotten very chic and trendy. But I think, from what I heard from my Ayurvedic doctor, I think this is catching on, actually, this Mm -hmm. sort of food. I think people do want purer organic food. I think they want whole milk from a farm, the way they had when they were kids, maybe. They want cream on the top, unhomogenized, which is the only kind I can drink. They want proper bottled water from the source. They want... You know, they want fresh food because they've been home for two years and they've had time to cook and learn about it. So I think people are, are looking, and they must be because there's now three sources went before there were zero. So that's, that's what we do. Oh, and we went to the farm near us. There's a farm in central London. There's three, actually. The one very close to us and bought some milk from the cow in a cute little bottle. Oh, nice. I know that, there we go. I mean, we, so we, live, we live in... Kent in Ashford, but it isn't literally in the countryside. It's middle of nowhere. It's, and it's a little farm as well. Um, and we get our milk delivered, and that's been a real novelty, hasn't it? It has been. Nice. Such you can get a that in the city anyway, I know, but, but it just feels like it's a novelty because we've had to do that because there's no shops in walking distance at all no. where we are. Is it unhomogenized milk, pasteurized, fed on grass? Uh, it comes in a milk bottle, glass one. Uh, the option's <laughs> there, but I haven't made the switch. <laughs> Is there a cream on the top? There's no cream in there, is there? No, we get the um, semi-skimmed. Yeah, they would take that off. I mean, I want the oh, cream. Oh, no, 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 no. I would love no, it. No, semi-skimmed. No, get the whole milk. No, please drink whole milk. Okay. But please. My, my concern is I'm quite big, so I thought semi-skimmed's better for you. But... No, it's not. It's the same. And what you're not getting is nutrition. So you're drinking the milk, getting, this, getting the same amount of calories pretty much, but you're not getting what the milk could, can provide you with. Oh. We've got our excuse now. There we is go. That, we can switch to Scott You can switch to whole yeah. milk and cook it. If the, if the milk is from a farm, you must cook it. Yes. Yes. But I don't think we No, this one's that. not direct from a farm. No. Right. This will be... It, yeah. It's milk and more. It'll be drinkable. It'll from be the drinkable. Bottle. Yeah, it'll be for the bottle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Treat it. I make my own ghee now and we buy, you know, raw split lentils and cook them. None of it's, none of it's difficult, but time consuming, but mm. it tastes so much better. And my oh, yeah. health has improved vastly, vastly. So I highly recommend it. That's all I'll say. It's very good. You, you haven't gone vegan, obviously. So no, I mean, no, God, no. No. No, I have some self-respect. No, I eat all the stuff. I eat bread and I, you know, there's, thankfully, there's an excellent bakery behind our building that bakes the most del- delicious bread. So we just try to eat it all fresh, you see, and not yeah. from a box. Yeah. That's yeah. all. We don't want processed shit in our body. You know, you can feel it when you're eating something that's older than you, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's true. I mean, I always like the idea of a a KFC, but when I've had it, Oh, God, I feel so... I feel like... She has to kiss you after that. It's disgusting. Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself. I am. I am ashamed of Plus, myself. Plus, the chicken is so lovely. A fresh, organic chicken takes 20 minutes to cook up, and it tastes amazing. I know. I know. I'm a terrible you don't, person. You don't really know, though. You don't know. You don't no, know. I don't. I mean, I've got them on speed dial. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, when, when I met my husband, he was uh, eating that garbage, and I'm like, you cannot. I don't want it in the house. I don't want you in the house if you've eaten it. And he's like, well, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, Brazilian male, completely brought, raised by his mother. Never, never had made his bed. Had no idea what I meant when I said make the bed. Had no idea how to do it. Oh. Anyway, that all changed. I got him. I got him off the his his support of the death penalty, baby steps. But anyway, he brought some of that shit up, and and then he said to me, "No, I can do you what I want." And then he spent like two months in our relationship. He, I came home. He's on the bed. Oh, um, gallstones. He gets gallstones. Oh. I'm like, that's from the shit you're eating, you moron. So we took him off that food, and he hasn't had one in years now. So, I know. Uh, how long you been with him now? Thirteen years. Ooh. A lot of gallstones. There's a lot of gallstones. <laughs> how long did it actually take to wean him off the junk food then? Wean him off the food I know about, about three or four months, I think. It took a while, but I still find treasures hidden. Little <laughs> All over. All over. He loves, like, Cadbury eggs. He loves mm. those Cadbury eggs. They are good. Who doesn't, right? Who doesn't? No, so, no, right? Yeah, they, they are good. They I are find good. them everywhere. Easter is a difficult time for us. I'll find little packets of little rainbow-colored eggs in, in the in the robe pocket or little chocolate Cadburys. I'll go to put on a pair of shoes and I find a Cadbury. <laughs> it's in like an Easter egg hunt. Yeah. That's all it is. He's you know, doing his own Easter yeah. egg hunt. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I would love to get behind the whole organic thing, if I'm honest with you. Um... I think, I think we are eating... We are eating better. Like yeah. Since we moved here, we're definitely a bit out of London because we've had to plan things more. And Yeah. Because mm. no one delivers here. Oh, right. Really? We're, we're so, so remote. Can't, can't do takeaways and yeah, stuff. They, no, no one delivers here. We get, we say we get our food shopping here. Our groceries. Our groceries and stuff like that, but takeaway, no. Oh, well, then that's no good. You're right, that's good. But you can order... You know, there was you... one evening where I tried to order a doner kebab and I was outside for 45 mm. minutes in the dark. With a just, lantern. With a lantern, trying to tail this car down. And he was like, I've driven up and down here about two or three times. I was like, no, you fucking haven't. <laughs> I've been stood out here with a lantern. How desperate were you? Not you a were desperate. You were fucking desperate. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I had some beans instead. In the end. I think we did think we had beans on beans toast. Beans on toast. Oh, in the end. <laughs> um, so I think we're at the weekend now. This is where oh, we right. are. Well, Saturday I did that, that TV show I described to you earlier. Yes. Headliners at 11 o'clock. And, um, and then Sunday, uh, we woke up very late, around noon. Makes sense. Went for another walk and um, searched for a restaurant with food we found appropriate. We failed. <laughs> so we came back, as you can imagine, and we came back and my husband um, made some delicious something oh he he stir fried some cabbage and carrots and made some rice pilaf and baked baked his own um sort of apple crumble with organic sugar and nice ghee. It's delicious yeah and then um we watched made okay that series on netflix which yes. is i haven't seen it myself oh, but I'm aware of it yes. brilliantly acted but so 
so grim. It's about poverty in the U.S. <laughs> and no safety net. And it's so hard to watch. I was raised by a single woman. And I, some of these memories, she's, she's single on it. And um, it's, it's that weird feeling when you're watching it, too. I've heard, I've heard comedians mention this in their accent. I've, I've also heard writers talk about it on, on Radio 4, about this feeling over the last few years. And they're not blaming the Tory party, but it is Radio 4 after all. And they're <laughs> saying there is a lack of what they think a loss of empathy mm. that's expanding throughout the Western Hemisphere. And I read this really interview with interesting interview with Leslie Caron. You may be too young to know who Leslie Caron was. No, it is. she's still alive. <laughs> she's still living. And I think she lives in Paris or here. And she's in her 90s, but she was a singer and a dancer. And if you've ever, if you've ever seen uh, Gigi or An American in Paris, oh, yeah. she's okay. a female. She's brilliant. Yeah. And um, obviously alive in, in Paris during the war. Mm. And she said, people imagine that during the war, during times of crisis, like what we're going through right now, which is not the war, but feels like one, I'm sure, to some people. Yeah, it does. And during times of crisis, she expect, you expect people, locals, to come together, but they really didn't mm. in Paris. They, they were horrible to one another. And they turned on each other and they were quite rude throughout Yeah. because you can imagine the stress and trauma they were fucking under that she somehow survived and had a successful career. How she did that, I have no idea because I see people barely surviving this and definitely dropping out of comedy and definitely leaving, leaving the circuit and going away. Oh, yeah. And whether or not they can come back after all this trauma, I'm not sure. Whether or not they can be allow themselves get to feeling as vulnerable as they probably do to get in front of a live audience. It's very difficult in the best of times. So... I have this sense that there's that f feeling, especially in the U.S. We were just there, and there's a there's never been really a safety net net in most of the country. I mean, in California, there is something of one. And, and for instance, if you don't have health insurance, you'll be looked after. Yeah. But there is this feeling there of you're, you're fending for yourself, and during an international pandemic, that can seem quite severe mm. and unhelpful. And actually more costly than it needs to. Yeah. And it, so watching this TV show where this woman just suffers episode after episode at the hands of the law or her ex or her family, it's really difficult to watch. Really difficult. And then with the Giacomanzi powder, as you know, the Giacomanzi powder that I put in water, as you know, you know about this, the Ayurvedic Giacomanzi powder. Uh, with that powder, you dream like you're still awake. Oh. And you're walking through a, a museum of mirrors. It's the wildest dreams i've ever fucking had my entire past is coming back to me people in my dreams i'm like you what are you what the fuck are you doing here I haven't talked to you in so i had those dreams and woke up monday exhausted and then went back to the tv show monday night oh man which takes a lot of work because we have to we get all the stories of the day and have to write jokes about them mm -hmm. and they yeah. want real jokes so it's it's quite it's quite a lot of labor but i enjoy it obviously what time do you film that or does it go out live? It's live, right? Oh, it's live. 11 p.m. Okay. It, they repeat it at 1, 5 in the morning, and then 9 a.m. So wow. it's got to be clean. That's the thing. It's not watershed. Wow. Yeah. How, how, how do you hour. keep what's happening in the news clean at the moment? You know, I I did morning TV for 15 years with Matthew Wright. I was I did. Uh, I said uh, it. So, I did. I was lucky enough to be a guest on his show um, as frequently as possible as I could because I loved Matthew Wright. And I loved being at Whiteley's. I loved being in central London at that hour and doing the papers. It was so exciting. I met, I was lucky enough to work with Matthew. He's a genius and meet so many fucking great people on that show. Mm. 
But of course, you had to be immaculately clean on that. Yeah. And I see it as a fun challenge as a comedian. I did learn my lesson. I used to go on as, as a guest, just a day guest, because they, they were a bit frightened of me at first, didn't want me on for a week, weren't sure what would happen. And I'm um, always afraid of the kids watching, but the kids obviously are in school. But anyway, um, I, when they're asking me about Sarkozy, who I'd, I'd written a bunch of jokes about at the time, a while ago, like 10 years ago. And they said, are you a fan? And I'm, I'm like, I love Sarkozy, tiny Frenchman, he's my type. <laughs> I mean, in a way, I always imagine it's like having sex with a child, only legal, so not as hot. <laughs> and, we went to and they tried to pull me off the show. And Matthew had a ear mic yelling at the lawyer saying he's a comedian clearly he's kidding so i was of course shaking in the audience there's a live audience we're like they could not stop laughing during the commercial <laughs> I bet. break I bet. It's just the laughter went on and on and on and they had to quiet them down and we came back from commercial and just went on with the show and again all the fear trepidation the paranoia nothing happened, happened. offcom was fine it was a joke obviously i i structured it luckily in such a way that Although nowadays you probably couldn't say something like that. No. They've gotten so much more cautious now. But really, the boundaries are what make things funny. I mean, Louis C.K. had a sitcom on HBO, I think it was two decades ago or quite a while ago, where no holds barred. He could say whatever he wanted. You may remember, it's on for only one season. Mm. And he and his girlfriend on the show had sex, everything. It was all live. I mean, live in front of a studio audience. And they said, motherfucker and cunt and everything. The show didn't work, obviously. It wasn't picked up, and it, I don't think it did very well. Whereas his other work on regular TV, network or on cable, where there's editors and all that, were because I think any comic will tell you that it's people's trepidation, angst, and fear that makes comedy funny. Mm -hmm. It's working within boundaries, not without them. Otherwise... I'm looking forward to going to Russia. I love going to the Middle East because they tell you when you, well, you can't talk about religion. You know, you can't, it, not in India, but in Abu Dhabi, Dubai, you cannot talk about the Quran or the Bible because Jesus is in the Quran, obviously, or the royals there. Oh. And knowing that when I went on stage, you know, it was difficult, but it was fun too. Yeah. You know, it was exciting to see what, what might happen. And it's exciting for the audience because they know they're expats, but they know what's going on and they're waiting to see what you can come up with. Yeah. Yeah. It's all part of the game, isn't it? Yep, that's right. Um, well, it sounds like you've had a great week, to be honest. Um, right. If you were to rate your week out of a scale of whatever, uh, what would you rate it? Um, I'd give it uh, three and a half stars out of five, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think. Sounds about right. Only because the two, swims, the two swims I've had, I've gone after 3 p.m., so there's been a lot of children there. Oh, and, um, no. No, no. I know, no. Matt. Even I'm wearing a speedo. I'm not a pedo in a speedo. So, I'm. I know I'm sharing a shower, and you're actually sharing a shower with children. Yeah. And one thing these kids do is they turn on all the showers and run between them. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm hoping one slips and breaks their tiny little hip, so they yeah. suffer for the rest of their lives for wasting water. Yeah. Yeah. That's where my mind's at. Yeah. So that's why I give it three and a half stars. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've, I've only slipped at a swimming pool once. I remember it. Now. I remember doing that. Did you? It hurts. Were you running through the showers? I was running. I wasn't running through the showers. Oh. I was running at the side of the pool when I slipped over. You know, the little grill, like, little grill bit? Yeah. yeah. That's what they tell you to not around, and you didn't listen. Yep, I didn't listen. Never did it again. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't think I've done it. No. It's really easy to injure yourself in a pool, actually. Yeah. yeah. In the water. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I did. I, I, I dived too acutely and had my eyes Ooh, shut. Oh, and... no. And just, yeah, head smacked into the bottom. Ow! Ow! 
Yeah, you're lucky you're alive. Jesus Christ. I didn't like I didn't cut my head open or anything. It it, it hurt. Ugh. But, yeah. Fucking hell. No, don't do that. It's my nightmare. Yeah. Ever injured yourself in a swimming pool, Scott? I have during the backstroke because if they don't put up a, a series of flags for you to see, you don't know when you're coming to the end. Ah. And so thinking thinking I taking a landmark outside the pool, I took a wrong landmark and went into the side of the pool oh. once. Whack. Yeah. Oh. And then also tonight, there's a guy training, training council pool. Don't train in a council no, pool. You don't know. It's me. No, it's me, the old lady in the lane. It's me, the slow lane. We're in the medium lane, obviously. The fast lane has eight year olds that are much faster than us in, in their tiny little Speedos. Don't train. Mm-hmm. It's 25 meters. But anyway, he had paddles and flippers and all these props. What? Oh my God! God. He's paddling through past me, hitting me. Oh, I'm, I'm doing one arm. They're doing one arm. Do you mind if you do? Mind if I do some one arm strokes? I'm like, no. You've got two arms. Why? Why would you stroke with one? Why? Make any sense? Anyway, but That's... luckily, he was hot, had a deep voice, and a tiny bathing suit on. So I let I let him get away with it. Yeah, that's all it takes, isn't it? <laughs> but disappointingly, when we did showers, me and the eight year olds, he wasn't in there. Uh, it was just me. Wow. Just, did he say he had flippers on? He had flippers as well. Oh, good Lord. Everything. I know. But, you know, swimmers, oftentimes, I think, they say they bring the props, the flippers and the little the mitts and stuff to strengthen parts of their body. But I think it's just because they're bored. Yeah. Yeah. Going back and forth. It's just trying to break it up. Yeah. You just want to wait for that one guy who's dressed in his pajamas, just throwing a brick constantly into the water, just going down to get it. <laughs> I want to see him. I'm sure really? in East it's London, true. I'm going to see that. Oh, I'm yeah. Sure we're see That's it. all he does all day. All day. He just throws the brick in, goes and get day. it, comes back out again. Breaking again. <laughs> I, I never did that because I was never a strong swimmer. I cheated on my 10 metres. No. How did you cheat? My, my you had a boat. T- my toe touched oh. the bottom without them looking. Yeah. And oh, then, right. And, that is um, cheating. Because in primary school, we had forced to have swimming lessons. And so we had the baby pool and then the big pool. And all my friends got moved to the big pool because I just wasn't paying attention to the swimming lessons. I was just like the splashing. So I tried doing my 10 meter test, which meant if I passed, I could go in the big pool. I cheated on my 10 meters. And then at some point <laughs> later on, doing like swimming on my back with a float, I ended up swimming into the middle of the pool, realizing <laughs> couldn't swim, and then nearly drowned and had to be rescued. <laughs> so that's what you happens if you cheat in your 10 meters. <laughs> you have a lot of sad swimming stories, a lot of sweat, sad swimming stories. I did get my five-meter swimming badge as far as I got, and I think it was mainly because I was panicking and slowly moving forward You're as terrible. I was panicking. I'm a bad I'm swimmer useless. and you're awful. I'm useless, absolutely useless. Never mind, never mind. <laughs> I floated quite well last time I went there, but I think it's because of all the fa- uh, fast food. But uh... oh, Scott, it's <laughs> been... Yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure you chatting with you. my local pool now, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but flippers, why? I don't, I'm surprised they that. allowed it because yeah. when I went swimming... They really shouldn't allow them, actually. No. They shouldn't allow them in the public pool because mm. they they're quite... Yeah. yeah. But people like them because they can move faster. Yeah. And for some swimmers, it's about the speed. But the thing is, but you're wearing a prop, so you're not really moving faster. You're just you're being propelled by something else. It doesn't sure. make any sense. Yeah. But Yeah, that's it. I just, I just imagine him yeah. going into the changing room and still wearing them, you know, the, just the waddle. That I'd like with a little snorkel coming up. That would be nice. <laughs> yeah. On a 1950 speed up. You know, the thing about swimming is, I think, what I like about it is is the lack of stuff. I like fe- feeling embryonic and I like as much quiet, although you can hear the water. But I see people in the water with headphones on because they can't stop the music. It's like, 
really? You need you need Madonna in your head while you're doing this? But mm. my husband has said to me many times, stop arguing with people. Stop the fighting. Because I've had <laughs> they, a lot. They can't hear you. They've got I headphones have, in. <laughs> I, I know. I have yanked a lot of ankles yeah. in, a, in the water. I've yanked a lot of ankles. I've yeah. stopped a lot of people. I got swung at once, too. Because they swim past you in the middle of the lane and they hit you. I fucking grab their ankle. I am in the lane. I'm here. Open your, a lot of people swim with their eyes closed. Open your eyes. There's three of us in this lane. You're going to kill us all, you know. So I've had to, yeah. Yeah. I'm a slow lane swimmer. I, I'm i probably the That's slowest fine. of the slow lanes. I am. I, I get from A to B. I, I've got a joint condition and things. So, like, so swimming is the best exercise for me. And I like the weightlessness. I'm not a strong swimmer. So I have what I call, and it and it's not meant to be a, a self-deprecating thing, but I call it like if you ever seen an elephant swim, they're just big mm. and just graceful. That's my oh, swim. Cute. It's like an elephant. I right. I don't have to stop. I go from end to end without having a break. But I am going incredibly <laughs> slow. And if I was at sea, I'd be drowning soon. Like that, that, I'm. <laughs> if I go overboard, I just have to resign myself that no, I, just the quicker I go, well, the actually, better for me, perhaps. <laughs> skinny people die fastest. Hmm. I got some buoyancy, <laughs> so that might keep yeah. me afloat for a bit. But I'd freeze. I'd freeze in about seven minutes. Nice. Apparently. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. So my husband has a bit more weight on him. He'd stay, he'd stay alive a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, just, he gets to watch you go bit. first. <laughs> and then he'll eat your food. Yeah. I'd be Leonardo DiCaprio and he'd be the lady. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right, well... Thank you. We'll round it off with that cheery thought. Thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Is there anything you want to promote or boast about or, you know, confess to? I'm doing Comedy Unleashed at the Backyard Comedy Club in about 10 days. Mm. I think it's on the 7th. It's on a Tuesday night in about 10 days. And the Backyard's a lovely venue around the corner from my house, actually. And Comedy Unleashed is this gig. And a lot of the comedians from GB News perform there. And it's it's meant to be to an, an open attendance of all sorts of uh, who, political backgrounds. I think sometimes I think people who don't read the guardian fear that if they go to a comedy club, they'll be humiliated, but mm-hmm. this is for all walks of life for okay. all the peoples. That's how it's promoted anyway. Nice. And nice. Um, for me, it's just a great gig. I really enjoy it. So it'll be quite fun if you want to come along. That's cool. So, yep. Thank you very much, uh, Scott Capiro. And uh, I've been Alex Sivright. Emmy, anything to add? No. Fantastic. Well, that was, that was the week that was, was it? Goodbye. Goodbye. Oh, hey. Want a place to put your penis while basking in the Californian sunshine? I thought so. Try the cockstock. Made from 100% polyester fibers. Our cock socks will keep your genitals in place and will tease onlookers just enough. All onlookers. The cock sock. Available in all sizes. Mm-hmm.